thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. I am so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us on Jesus the Healer. We've been taking the last several episodes and teaching on some of the miracles of healing that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. And so we're studying those. Uh, as we study those, we see better how we can cooperate with God to receive healing. But we also then see how we can cooperate with God to minister healing to someone else. There's around 19 different individual cases that the Holy Spirit saw fit to record in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is uh, a record of Jesus's earthly ministry in those books. So it's, if we look at why did the Holy Spirit select those 19 out of the multitudes and multitudes of healings that happened under Jesus's ministry, what about those 19? There's evidently everything we need to know about healing yes. in those. Yes. So we want to take these and not just study them in a general way, but in a specific way. So thank you for joining us. And if you need healing, release your faith. And even if you don't need healing, release your faith in the Word. Amen. Because somebody around you is going to need it. Amen. You know, the Word tells us that Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing. So one-third of what he did was healing. Yes. One-third of it. Uh, and we see this, that when we look at Jesus' earthly ministry in the synagogue, he did more teaching than anything else. Yes. Why? Because the church has to be taught. That's right. Thank God for the privilege of being taught. Yes. Amen. Amen. If we're going to be like Jesus, we're also going to emphasize what he emphasized. He emphasized healing. Yes. So we need to make it an emphasis in our life because not only will we need it, but somebody we're going to come in contact with is going to need it. So let's look at Mark chapter one, and we're going to look at a case of a leper that was healed. Mark chapter one, and we're going to start in verse 39. We'll read this entire passage together. Then we'll go back and we'll look at it uh, at individual statements in this passage. Mark chapter one and verse 39, and it reads, and Jesus preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Amen. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, 
show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. Now look at verse 39. I want us to see this. It says, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Notice there were people in the synagogues who needed devils cast out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why? They needed help. Listen, when people come to our churches who are bound, they should have freedom. They should find help. Amen. Amen. And really the casting out of devils is nothing but another flow of the healing power of God. Amen. Amen. Verse 40, it says, and there came a leper to him. Now notice those words. There came a leper to him. Listen, lepers were outcasts. You know this because they were, they were contagious. They were not permitted to be around the rest of society. So a priest is the one that would, that would, if I could say this, diagnose someone as unclean. And at his command, they were not allowed back into society unless they were clean. So this leper would not have been allowed in this synagogue. He wouldn't have been there listening to Jesus preach. So evidently he heard about him. Evidently he heard about Jesus. So the leper was putting himself at risk by coming to Jesus. He wasn't supposed to be near anyone. There is, um, and I don't know, I don't know quite the distance, but um, history could tell you could do some searching it out. But there was a particular distance, distance, whether it's 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet, I don't, I don't recall. But if a leper saw anyone coming from the city, because they were supposed to reside in desert places. And um, if they saw anyone coming, coming toward them, they were to call out, unclean, unclean. They're letting them know, don't come toward me. Don't come and uh, converse with me. Don't come where I'm at. So that was part of the command that they lived under was they had to call out and notify people they were unclean. He never should have been in proximity of Jesus. But he came. He came. Notice he didn't wait for Jesus to come find him. Too many times people sit back and say, well, God wants me healed. He'll heal me. Don't, don't wait for, don't wait for healing power to come find you. You go find it. You get where the healing power of God is moving. Amen. Don't just sit at home and say, well, God wants me healed. He'll heal me. Well, God does want you healed. That's why he gave places where you can go and receive help. Amen. So he didn't wait for Jesus to come to him. And if there was anyone who could have done that, don't you think it would have been a leper that would have reasoned and say, I'm not supposed to be near the rest of society. He could have dismissed himself, but he was, he was so hungry for his miracle. Listen, you'll, you'll go past what reasoning tells you when you need your miracle. Amen. If you need help, don't wait for somebody to seek you out and offer you help. Go find it. 
Get where help is. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, Jesus isn't out walking the streets. Let me tell you what, it's better now. He's put his help in local churches. Amen. Get to where there's a pastor preaching and teaching the word and especially the healing word because they are Jesus's help to your life. Get there. Don't wait for a pastor to come visit your house and say, do you want to come to my church? That would have been exactly what the leper would have missed out on if he had been waiting for that because Jesus did not come and ask him if he needed healing, if he wanted to be healed. The leper was hungry enough to get his answer and he went after it. So when you need help in your life, every believer finds their help in the local church. Get to the local church. And you say, well, pastor, I have traveling ministers. I go into their conventions. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. But no traveling minister lives with you. (laughs) A pastor lives in your community. A pastor lives where your family lives. That's why you need a pastor. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Not only that, the word tells us uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and the Amplified says, don't forsake or neglect to assemble. In the local church, as the habit of some people is. Uh-huh. That's, right. That's their habit. They, they neglect right. to assemble. Mm-hmm. And the word warns us, especially as the end times come. Amen. I want, yeah. Let me just read this. I'm going to read it off the screen. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, mm-hmm. as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Yes. So in the time that we see Jesus is coming, mm-hmm. approaching, we need the local church assembling more, more and more and more, not less and less and less. Go to the local church that preaches the word. You'll find your help there. Amen. Uh, you, you don't find the majority of situations where Jesus went out and sought out the sick. The sick heard announcement that he says, the spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. And he goes on and lists his job description. And, and the word would travel about what Jesus was anointed to do and the people would come. It is our privilege, but also our responsibility to come to where help is. If you, if you run into some kind of situation physically and you're not able or any, any, any aspect of your life, Don't just say, well, my pastor didn't come see me. Go to where your pastor is. (laughs) Don't sit at home and wait to be uh, sought after. You go after your help. Amen. There have been many times people will get offended and the devil will offer them that offense. We'll see if your pastor loved you, if that church loved you, they'd come look look after you. But there's nothing scriptural about that in the sense of this man went after his help. He didn't just sit at home and wait for someone to come offer him his help. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't wait for someone to show up. Go where the help is. Verse 40, it says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him. What do we see? We see this attitude of worship. We see that his attitude of worship took on a posture of worship. So the leper came and knelt down before him. Can I tell you that that is a proper approach? Worshiping God is the approach to make when you want to receive something uh, that we must honor him enough to worship him, reverence him enough to worship him. Why is that? Because worship brings the anointing and the anointing destroys the yoke. Amen. Uh, It's... it's, uh, Yes, he wants our needs met, but I tell you what, 
we need to honor him enough to reverence him, acknowledge Mm -hmm. there's no one that can do for me what he can do for me. Amen. Make sure that what you're serving is big enough to deliver you. And he's the only one great enough to deliver anyone. Amen. Praise the Lord. So verse 40 again, it says, And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him. And listen to what he said to Jesus. If you will, you can make me clean. Now, is the, is the leper speaking doubt and unbelief? This, the leper's speaking all he knows. Right. Amen. Amen. He knows that Jesus can. can yeah. He doesn't know if he will. That's right. That's right. So he only has imperfect knowledge. Yes. He has a measure of knowledge. He knows Jesus can do it. But he isn't sure if he will. Amen. So uh, this leper has some wrong thinking mixed in with right thinking. (laughs) He's thinking right when he says, Jesus can do it. He's not thinking right when he says, I don't know if he will. It shows he doesn't know him yet, right? So Jesus did not leave the man mixed up. He was mixed up. He can, but I don't know if he will. He's mixed up in his thinking. Jesus corrects his thinking. Jesus won't leave us mixed up. He gave him the light he needed. That's so good of Jesus. Jesus wasn't trying to point out what was wrong. He was giving him the light so he could have full light, not partial light. Amen. Why did Jesus want him to have the light? So that his faith would work right. His faith would not work right as long as he believed Jesus could, but wasn't sure if he would. That's, that's imperfect that's going, to, that's going to bring about an imperfect result yes. because of imperfect faith. If we aren't receiving what we need, we need to check up on what are we believing. Amen. What are we believing? Are we believing the right thing? And then are we saying the right thing, holding to the right thing? Listen, there have been times when I know, and I'm not necessarily referring to healing, but there have been Times when I was faced with something, I go, God, I know I'm thinking wrong about this. <laughs> I know I am. Why? Because I'm not all that. <laughs> and we all, none of us have arrived. Right. Amen. But we're pressing toward arriving. But the thing is, there are times that I've known I have not thought right. You know, Paul said something. I, I love what he said. I, he said, I'm praying night and day exceedingly that I might see your face and might perfect what's lacking in your faith. You know, there are times that we have something lacking in what we're believing, how we're believing, how we're thinking, because how we think affects how we believe. If we think wrong, we believe wrong. And this is what this leper was dealing with. He, he, it's not that he didn't want to believe. He just didn't have the right, all the thinking that he needed. He didn't have all the light that he needed. And so we see this. Why did Jesus, why did it matter enough? Jesus recognized he had to think right so he could receive right. That's why he corrected it. He didn't just say, oh, I love him. I'll just do it. He corrected his thinking. He gave him what he lacked in his thinking so that he could have a, he could believe right. Let me just say this. We can't just have any old version of faith and get results. We have to have the Bible version. He came up with with less than a Bible version. And so Jesus gave him what he needed. He told him what his faith lacked. 
He needed to know that not only Jesus could do it, but he would do it for him. Now, it says in verse 41, now see the the sincerity of this man. I know that you will. I mean that you can if you will. There's such sincerity. And it says in Jesus, verse 41, in Jesus moved with compassion. I want you to see this. What you're full of is what will move you. Jesus was moved with compassion because he's full of compassion. Amen. And that's what moved him. Healing is a flow of the compassion of Jesus. It's an outflow of his compassion. We are to carry that same compassion for the sick uh, to those who are suffering that we come in contact with. Amen. Amen. How How does our compassion, if I could say this, come to the forefront of our lives? How does it come to the forefront? If we're around the Father more, we can't help but become a partaker of what moves Him. Yes. He's, right. what, what He's full of mm-hmm. was also what's going to, what motivates Him right. is going to spill over onto us just yes. by being in His presence. Yes. The more we're in the presence of the Father, the greater our compassion for others will grow right. because we start being moved by what moves Him. And motivated by what motivates him. So verse 41 again, it says, And Jesus moved with compassion. He put forth his hand and touched him. How long had it been since this man had been touched? We don't know. But Jesus gave him what he had not had for a very long time. And he put forth his hand and touched him. And he said something. Now at other times when Jesus ministered to the lepers, remember there were 10 lepers that called to him and said, Master, uh, son of David, have mercy on us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. And they said that this happened from a distance. But this man, Jesus spoke the word, but not till he touched him. Um, he, he knew this man's life needs more than just words. Yes. Yes. Amen. He needed a touch. And th- yes. so we see three things Jesus did. He touched him mm-hmm. and then he said unto him, I will be thou clean. So what did he do? He gave him the knowledge he lacked. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Leprosy could have spread through the touch. That's why no one else dared touch him, but he couldn't touch life. Wow. Jesus, the flow of life, Death doesn't hurt life. Amen. Amen. Life conquers death. And in his touch, he was saying, I lay life on that death. Amen. Amen. So Jesus said to him, I will be thou clean. Mm -hmm. Jesus forever canceled out the doubt of anyone's anyone's doubt about his willingness. Now, did you get that? Jesus forever canceled out anyone's doubt. This is the man who voiced it. But now that he voiced it, no one else has a right to have doubt about it. About Jesus' willingness. Because when he answered this leper, he answered every man. For all time, I am not only capable and can, I am willing. So we never have a right to accuse him of being unwilling to help us, unwilling to heal us. Jesus canceled that doubt out forever in this answer. He forever settled that question. Amen. So we never have a right to question his willingness to help us. And how many times the devil would try to get you to think, well, God won't do that for you. You've missed God too many times. You've gone too far off course. You've not pleased him enough. You've failed too many times. We have no right to cancel, to uh, question God's willingness to help us. 
I don't care what our past has done. God's always willing. Jesus is always willing. Not only can he, but he will. Amen. But he needs us right thinking, just like this leper needed his thinking corrected and adjusted. Amen. Now, verse 42 says this, And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. I would have to say this, leprosy heard Jesus. Leprosy heard him. And what happened when it heard? It left. (laughs) It left. Uh, I appreciate what we see in verse 43 and verse 44. It says, he straightly charged him and sent him away. And he said to him, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Say nothing to any man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest. Why? Because the priest is the one that... uh, that sentenced him to be an outcast so the priest could be the only one to introduce him back into society. So he's got to go show the priest. And then he said, an offer for thy testimony, those things which Moses commanded. So there's an offering that they would bring. And then notice what Jesus said for testimony unto them. The priest needs your testimony. Yes, that's good. Amen. So he told him to go back and testify to the priest, but don't tell anyone else. But look what happened in verse 45. But he went out and he began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter. Well, that's not what Jesus said to do. But you can understand this man just in his humanity has been outside of society, been away from his family. Did he have children? We don't know. But he had been away from those he loved and those who loved him. How he couldn't be silent. (laughs) Just show him back up to his old home. Show him back up to his old friends. Somebody's going to find out, you're right? But he didn't didn't just go tell his family and friends. It says he went about, he blazed it everywhere. He published it everywhere. And to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. Wow. Wow. What a testimony did for a city. But was without in desert places and they came to him from every quarter. So we see the impact of one man's testimony was so far reaching that it moved a whole city and an entire region because it said they came to him from every quarter. So it wasn't just something that affected his neighbors or that his neighbors heard about. Everybody, everybody, the news spread about this. Amen. So I want you to see this. His testimony brought others to Jesus. Do you know what? Your testimony will bring others to Jesus. Tell your testimony to others. Yes. That's so good. Not what the devil's done, but what God did Amen. in spite of the devil. Amen. Amen. Give them the same opportunity to receive from the Jesus you've received from. That's right. um, contained in your testimony is someone else's help. Yes. You know, don't ever fall into this wrong way of thinking that it's dramatic testimonies that make a difference. Mm -hmm. Some people will prize a dramatic testimony. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean by that? 
Somebody might say, testify, I was a drug addict, I was an alcoholic, I had multiple marriages, I lived a lifestyle of, of low-rank sin, you know, for a long time, and I had a dramatic conversion, and people many times will praise that. Yes. Thank God for that. Yes. Thank God. But I tell you, what a testimony. I was raised in the church, loved God all my life, been saved, filled the Holy Ghost all my life, been following the plan of God, and God's, life, God's blessing has just increased me and increased me and increased me. Amen. Don't just prize a testimony that went to the edge of ruin yes. before it got rescued. Yes. What about the life that never even partook of any measure of right. ruin? Amen. Amen. I tell you, I, th I prize somebody who was raised in that. Well, we weren't all raised in the word. We weren't all raised in a household of faith, but don't diminish that you don't have drama around your life. I love no drama in my life, except when God puts on a show. Amen. That's the drama I like is when the Holy Ghost does some showing out. That's the drama I like. I'm not impressed or don't think that people are more impressed with something that was from the edge of ruin. Thank God for that testimony. I don't diminish it, but what I'm saying, don't diminish a testimony that doesn't hold drama. Because what a testimony to say, I've been kept by the power of God for as long as I lived. What a testimony that is. They're all good testimonies. I'm saying don't diminish one over another just because it doesn't seem to have such a spectacular fireworks thing. You know about it. Amen. In your testimony is someone else's answer. And it might not sound very dramatic to you, but you know what? Answers don't always have to be dramatic. They just have to, have, they just have to land, <laughs> land in the people's hearts. Amen. I was listening to one woman. I, I so appreciate this. She had a rich heritage. I'm talking about a spiritual heritage. Uh, in her past were preachers that were of renown. And they invited her to come uh, as an older woman and said, uh, we want you to come. And they were having a preaching convention and we invite you to open up our convention with prayer. So she was in, went to this convention the first night. She went to open the convention with prayer. And as she was praying, she saw Jesus walk up the center aisle, pull out a chair and sit down in it. And he said this to her, tell me your stories. Isn't that something? Her story was her lineage of faith. Not, it was no doubt in her life, but in her lineage of faith. And I tell you what, Jesus longed to hear her story. People need your story. Yes. Right now, I want to pray with you. Those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, I need healing in my body. I tell you what, Jesus will give you a story of healing. Amen. 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 So I say, Satan, you take your hand off their body. It's pain, you leave their body. Disease, you leave their body. Difficulty, you leave their body. And I say, behold, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, for Jesus took your infirmities and bear your sicknesses. And I say, rise up and be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. And just thank him for it. Praise him for it. We've been teaching out of my book, The Healer Divine. We want you to get your copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and order it and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, 
visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.